0: We had some technical difficulties that were getting worked out but jump in make sure that you like the broadcast and let me just give me 30 seconds or actually not 30 seconds it'll take me like five seconds to share this on my pages on facebook as you guys share on your facebook that's going to help us out tremendously we're we're still restricted and always banned on facebook so it is what it is we're going to go right into it tonight because as you know we have no intro we go straight into it it's good to see you guys i'm reading the comments Just so all of you joining know one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone goes live and they don't read their comments in my mind it's like why are you live if you're not reading your comments or responding so even as i preach the message you guys know i preach for about an hour i will pray with you and then i will respond to comments answer questions but as i'm preaching i'm also reading the comments so y'all gotta shout me down in the comments let me know you're alive in the comments that's gonna help us out really important announcement tomorrow night we are not live at six o'clock We are live at noon Pacific time. Tomorrow we'll be live with Angela Ucci from Heaven and Healing Podcast. She's awesome if you haven't seen her on the show before. We're going to be live at noon Pacific. And you might get, why noon Pacific? Because it's going to give us time to cancel Halloween. We got it. We got to cancel Halloween tomorrow. So if I go at six o'clock while you're out trick-or-treating, it's not going to help us. So we're going to talk about it tomorrow at noon. Just join us. And then after you join the live and you listen to us talk about why Christians should or shouldn't celebrate halloween you'll have plenty of time to cancel your dinner reservations your trick-or-treating and schedule a family prayer meeting you'll have plenty of time because it's going to be at noon so tomorrow I need you guys there we had about 2500 on at noon on friday so i'm expecting a good crowd tomorrow at noon we'll be talking about halloween you don't want to miss that as i said angela uchi will be on that'll be a good time and then i have more announcements to go over later but you guys know i like jumping right into it within a minute or two now without the intro and so tonight i want to talk about judgment day we did a, a live stream about a month ago on judgment day this is a part two to that live stream although you don't have to have heard that for tonight to be relevant this is a very heavy topic and one of the major issues we have in the body of Christ is very very few Christians think about the afterlife like we think about this life and especially in America we're so taught that the only thing that matters is the life we're living right now but I want to change your perspective tonight and make you understand that actually what matters isn't this life what matters is the afterlife what you do in this life will directly correlate to what you do in the afterlife. So let me give it to you this way. What you do in these 60 years, if you're lucky, 70. If you're lucky, 80. Or should I say blessed? I don't really like using the word lucky. If you're blessed, say you have 80 years, is going to affect where you spend the next 80 trillion years. So it doesn't matter necessarily what you're going through now. What matters is I'm storing up treasures, preparing myself for a life after this life that matters infinitely more than the life that I'm living. So I have to make right choices. Few Christians consider this. They spend weeks, as I've said before, planning their de- demon land, Disneyland. Sorry, I always I accidentally see demon land instead of Disneyland all the time. But they spend weeks planning their Disneyland vacation, planning their Hawaii trip, planning whatever vacation we spend weeks doing it. And I do it too. We plan our vacations, our camping trips, but we very rarely spend time thinking about or planning where we're going to go forever. And I've always thought about what conversation will I have with God on Judgment Day? To me, this is one of the most fascinating things there is. What will God say to me on Judgment Day? What will the conversation be like? We already know because I taught you guys on Friday and then the week before, there will be no excuses on Judgment Day. But the Bible is actually going to show us tonight a direct conversation we will have with God on Judgment Day. So I want you to think about, how often do I hear a message on eternity? Every person in the chat is gonna live this life and have an afterlife, whether that's an afterlife in heaven or an afterlife in hell. And this is more significant than words can describe. So many of us are just living for now. We're so tired all the time because we're living with the wrong perspective, with the wrong mindset for the wrong reality. And the reality is not, I'm not not worried so much about everything I'm going through, even when I'm going through bad things in life, bad situations. Maybe a family member maybe something happens falls through i'm thinking about this is only a vapor life is passing by james 414 says you don't know what tomorrow will bring what is your life for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes so you're you're not going to be here that long and sadly we're we're not going to be remembered in a few hundred years so what actually matters is where am i going what is judgment day am i going to be well done in good and faithful servant or depart from me i never knew you so you don't know what tomorrow will bring you don't know if this will be the last live stream you've ever listened to you don't know if this will be the last sermon you ever hear and i think about that as i'm preaching what if tonight is the last message you ever hear what if tonight is the last sermon i, I preach with an urgency many people wonder why are you always screaming why are you talking so fast i'm urgent it's an urgency It's like an alarm clock. Alarm clocks aren't nice. They're not quiet. They're loud, often annoying, and always repetitive. Some of you said, you just described yourself, Brother Isaiah, loud, annoying, and repetitive. But the point is this. I'm trying to wake you up. There's too many preachers lulling you to sleep with their false grace gospel that I'm trying to wake you up because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life, James says, question mark, you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes so it it sounds a little morbid but i'm going to show you the scripture tells us to think about this your life is but a vapor you're you're perishing psalms 39 lord make me known my end and what is the measure of my days let me know this is what david says let me know how fleeting i am behold you made made my days a few hand breaths and my lifetime is nothing before you Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. We are all standing as a mere breath before God. So we got to know that our life is short. Ephesians 5 says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. Psalms 90 says, teach us to number our days so we might get a heart of wisdom. Proverbs 27 says, don't boast about tomorrow for you don't know what a day may bring. So we don't brag about, oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow and that tomorrow. We don't even... We don't. We we can't even afford to plan because we don't know if we'll be here tomorrow. Colossians three two. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Matthew six twenty. Lay up yourselves treasures where in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, or thieves can break it and steal. So my goal is laying up treasures in heaven, so that on judgment day I'm not shocked. Tonight is going to be something strong, but here's what you need to realize. I would rather know this now. And someone give it to me strong now then wait until it's too late when i'm standing before god this is what solomon says in ecclesiastes 7. it's better to spend time at funerals than at parties after all everyone dies so the living should take heart sorrow is better than laughter sadness has a a refining influence on us then he says this a wise person thinks about death constantly while a fool only worries about having a good time so there's something about thinking about death thinking about eternity thinking about judgment day a wise person thinks about the future a wise person thinks about eternity a wise person plans for life in the afterlife whether it's heaven or hell but a fool only worries about how can I be happy now my name is Isaiah Saldivar for those of you asking it's right there on the channel thank you someone just said what is your name but a a fool only worries about pleasure now riches now satisfaction now but a wise person thinks of the af- afterlife so be a wise person the Bible says it's better to spend your time at a funeral than at a party be a wise person think about this what will judgment day be like because we all have this universal truth in common we will all stand before God on judgment and on judgment day every one of us and I'll talk later about the white throne judgment versus the judgment seat of Christ but we're all going to stand before God on judgment second Corinthians 5 1 For we know that when this earthly tent is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. So the Bible says your body is a tent that will be taken down. Just like when you go camping and you take your tent down, we're gonna take this tent down and go to our actual home. We're living in a temporary body. This body is not my home. So just, that's why the Bible says training for physical training is good, But training for godliness is better. And going to the gym is great. I I should be in the gym, okay? I'm playing too much pickleball. I don't have time for the gym. But but be careful that you're not spending too much time working on your tent and not enough time planning for your mansion. Because some of you don't know this, but you're not taking your biceps with you. You're not taking your six pack with you. You're not taking your nice fit body with you. Should we be healthy? Yes. Should we take care of our temple? Yes. But just know that it's a tent. And so, you know, when you go put your tent up in the while you're camping, you don't bring furniture. You don't put a family photo up in your tent. You don't make it too nice. You don't spend too much time decorating it because I'm going to pack it up and go home. So I'm not wasting my time on my tent. And this is the same way we are earthly tents that's going to be taken down because we have... A, I know I made all the gym bros mad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Help me out here. We have an earthly tent. Uh, earthly tent but we have a house in heaven it's a temporary body Paulson Second Corinthians 5 10 we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due what he's done in the body whether good or evil so this is why judgment day is significant because all of us are going there we need to talk about it every person will have a moment in time where we appear before the judgment seat of christ it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter what you did in this life it doesn't matter how many followers you have you're not sending a friend a family or an attorney to represent you it is going to be you and god and no one will escape this day i don't know why pastors don't preach this i don't know why we don't have the fear of god in the church anymore we're going to stand before god on that day for some it'll be a great day for others it'll be a dreadful day so it's time for you to start thinking about these things It's time for you to start preparing for these things. The time of slumber is over. The time of just living randomly is over. You have to realize this. I'm I'm living this life now. Everyone tells me all that matters is how I live. All that matters is getting a good job. All that matters is getting a 401k and getting a retirement Roth IRA. The Bible's telling me the opposite. The Bible's telling me this life doesn't matter. My only goal in this life is to fulfill the call that God has on me and has for me. The other stuff doesn't matter. The other stuff is meaningless. So you have to realize this, everything else in comparison to eternity doesn't matter. So the Bible is gonna show us what will judgment day be like, the conversation we're gonna have with God on judgment day. Let's look at this. This is the parable of the talents. This is found in Matthew 25, 14. And we're gonna see, they always say, let the Bible interpret the Bible. You don't need the Greek right here. We see the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. This is Jesus coming back. We see the faithful and evil servant. We see no one knows the day of his return, okay? Parable of the talents. The son of man will judge the nations. Then the plot to kill Jesus. So all of the verses right here are about Jesus coming back, are about us being judged and God judging us. So this is literally a conversation on judgment day, a conversation you and God are going to have when you meet with him on judgment day when the lord returns and when we all get judged the parable of the talents there's much debate on when the judgment seat of christ is and there's much debate on well there's not much debate on the white throne judgment but on the judgment seat of christ i'll talk about later here's the bottom line when you die if you don't know let me fill you in biblically i don't have time for the verses because i have videos on this a lot of videos on this when you die right now okay so if i die right now where do i go i immediately stand before god And I go to either heaven, if I put my faith in Jesus, believed on his work on the cross, and lived my life in a way that was pleasing to him. Turned from my sin, repented, okay, put my faith in him. We know it's only by faith, only by grace. I go to heaven if I am a Christian. Boom, right there. I die, I go to heaven. We know in the book of Revelation it says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So the heaven we go to right now is not gonna be the heaven that we're in for all of eternity, for all of time. At the end of the thousand year reign, after the white throne judgment, there's gonna be a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. Right now, there's a temporary heaven for the lack of a better term. I go there right now to the temporary heaven. If I die in my sin, unrepented, denied, rejected Jesus, I will die and go to Hades. Hades is the temporary hell. So there are people right now, burning in hades at the end of revelation there's a new heaven the new jerusalem that comes down to the earth the old heaven is past there's a new heaven remember that and then after the white throne judgment there is a new hell called the lake of fire and the bible says hades and death gave up their dead into the lake of fire so hades which is current hell right now we call it hell hades right now is going to give up everybody that's in there and That all those people are going to be thrown into the lake of fire after the white throne judgment. So Hades is going to be temporary hell, temporary heaven, end of the thousand year reign, permanent hell, and permanent heaven. Okay. So I hope you're tracking with this. This is going to be what God requires of us. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his good to him. This is God. God is the man. Jesus is the man traveling. He leaves. He's gone to a faraway country. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? He called his own servants and delivered goods to them. We've been given what? The Holy Spirit. We've been given ability. We've been given gifts. We've been given talents. To one, he gave five talents. And I'm not preaching this yet. I'm just giving you guys what it is, and then I'm gonna preach it. He gives five talents to one. So we know God is giving us something. You type this in the chat. I have something. Friend, if you are a believer... You have something from God. You're not like, oh, I'm just a nobody and I'm a loser and God only gave Isaiah something didn't give me. I have something. I have a responsibility. God has invested into me and God has given me something. So he called his own servants and guys share the broadcast. We're barely at 2000 here. We should be at three. Let's go. Come on, share, 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 share. This is one of the most important messages in the Bible who calls the servants and gave them something. So we've been given something. We know Jesus said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. So if you're like, I'm not really gifted, I'm a loser, but I'm still a Christian. You have the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have any other gifts, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. This is the deposit, the down payment. The Bible says God has given us until Jesus returns. Holy Spirit is God's down payment. And then Jesus will return. So Jesus is gone. He gives us something. What did he give us? To one five talents. Now, I'll show you later, this talents is a measure of weight. He's given you a weight. He's given you a responsibility. Oftentimes when we're responsible and we say, man, I have a a heavy workload. I have a heavy burden. I have a lot of responsibility. There's a lot on my plate. That's what talents is. The word talents is a measure of weight. Some say it's about 75 pounds. I won't go into all of that. It's a measure of weight. So one, he gave five talents. So this is Jesus. One, he gave two and another one. Not everybody has the equal gifting. I hate to say it and I'm not trying to be rude be happy about this not everybody is a five talent believer some of us only have one some of us only have two some of us have five God has not given us all equal amount of talents equal amount of responsibility and equal amount of weight to each according to his own ability so he's giving it us to us according to our ability and immediately he goes on a journey so Jesus is gone we know that he's at the right hand of the Father then he would receive five when and traded and made five more so he did something with what God gave him and that's really what we're getting at this is what will matter on judgment day what did you do with what God gave you and likewise he who had to gain two more good but he had one went and dug it in the ground like some of you tonight you've buried your talent and hid his Lord's money after a long time the Lord's servants came and settled accounts with them so he would receive five, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five. Look, I've gained five more. There's interest. You've given me something to do. I have something. And Lord, I didn't waste my life doing nothing. I didn't waste my life warming a chair. I I, I made something. I multiplied what you gave me. Because Jesus, on Judgment Day, this is important, is looking for a return on his investment. He's invested into you, and he's looking for a return. The, and then the Lord said, well done. This is on Judgment judgment this is God judging us here that's why this is so interesting well done good and faithful servant you are faithful over a few things I will make you ruler over many enter into the joy of your Lord and we know the joy of the Lord I'll I'll share that after but that that's enter into Paradise enter into Heaven because I'm gonna show you where the people other people go who had two okay he gained two more the Lord said well done good and faithful servant the same thing the Lord says to the five he says to the two so just because you only have two and maybe I or someone else has five, it's the same reward. You don't get a lesser greater. Look at the reward, the joy of your Lord. They both get to enter the joy of the Lord. Then who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you not scattered seed. I was afraid, and like some of you tonight, you don't know what to do for God. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. God's scary. And I hid your talent in the ground. Look, here's here, what is yours? You have what is yours, okay? So, He gives back God what God gave him. God gave you a talent. God gave you a responsibility. God gave you a weight. And the man just gives it back to God. Just here, you could have it back. But I didn't really do anything. I I just kind of sat in church. I was just kind of there. There was no impact, no ministry, no... I didn't do anything for you. But at least I still have what you gave me. But this is the Lord's answer. Now, this is where things get interesting. This is, again, a conversation on Judgment Day. So... One of the most interesting in the in Bible, in my opinion, parts of the Bible. This is what he says to the man. You might be like, well, the man's fine. At least he was still part. He didn't leave the man. You didn't leave the Lord. You wicked and lazy servant. And some of you say, I'm harsh. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ha- should have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would receive back my own with interest. With interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10. So the guy that has one gets his talent removed and the guy that has 10 gets it and the bible does talk about someone else wearing your crown in eternity i've done that teaching before verse 29 for to anyone who has more will be given and he will give an abundance but for him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and then look at this this is why tonight matters so much this is why pastors don't preach this they're scared of losing their tithe tithing members and cast this is what i don't want you to be And I know all these greasy grace, free grace theology guys out here are gonna crucify me for this, it's okay. They can go cry on their own channel to their 30 viewers. Cast the unprofitable servant. This is not an unbeliever, this is a servant. This is someone that was serving the master. Cast the unprofitable, brought no profit, no benefit, was worthless. Some say worthless, some say unprofitable. Servant into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth we know that in hades the bible says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so here we see the man that didn't do anything for god didn't take god serious didn't take the responsibility god gave him serious the bible says he gets cast into outer darkness i don't read these verses and say oh that can't be me i read these verses and i'm terror of the lord paul said knowing the terror of the lord i persuade men these are serious verses where you go, God. I want to make sure I know you. This is what Judgment Day will look like. The parable is about the kingdom of God and how the primary goal is not input but output. Not me getting more from God, more, 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 more. I know some be like, "Oh, that sounds arrogant, brother." I don't know what I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to say. You have all of these guys that keep teaching a false gospel that you can live however you want and still go to heaven that's not what the bible teaches that's not what the bible teaches here you have a man here you have god saying it's not about getting more it's not about input it's about output because we always teach in the church get more more healing more deliverance come to more services and that's great and come get more of god and more And it's, it's always all about you it's no wonder we don't witness evangelize pray, do anything for God, because it's always about me. What can God do for me? But the primary goal in this parable, in this conversations on judgment day, remember, it's all about the return of the Lord, God coming and judging his servants. He's left here. We've been left here, by the way, to do something. We constantly want more, but we haven't used what God has given us. So what has God given you that you that, that you can use for his glory? Has God given you any talents any responsibility, any giftings. Well, I'm really good with business. Then use that for God. Well, I'm really good at drawing. Then use that for God. Where well, I'm really good at speaking. Then use that for God. Well, I'm really good at this. Well, then use that for God. Whatever God has given you, whatever responsibility, it might only be one talent. That's fine, but use it for God. No more idleness, no more laziness. This is about Jesus leaving heaven, coming to earth, in doing us with power, going back to heaven, but will be coming back again. There is a real man, a Jewish man that is coming back to the Mount of Olives that is going to return and is going to look for a return on his investment. And he showed us how to live this life. He showed us how to walk in the power of his spirit. He showed us how to live holy he showed us how to be led by the father he showed us how to treat the poor he showed us how to live the normal christian life he showed us how to overcome the devil he showed us how to walk in victory he leaves us with no excuse as to why we can't do what he's called us to do in fact i know a lot of people hate this verse a lot of religious pharisees jesus said in john 14 12 the same works i've done you will do and even greater because i go to the father And that's why the angels in the book of Acts said, why are you looking up in the same way the son of man left? He's returning. So the master's gone. There's something for me to do. I have a job on this earth and my job isn't just show up once a week. I'm doing right now my job to the best that I can. And I, I need to get better at it. I need to do better. But right now, my specific job is to reach people on social media, to travel, to preach revival at churches to preach Awakening to see people wake up and to warn people of these topics that other pastors are not willing to warn people on will my assignment change maybe for 10 years my assignment was pastoring a church and traveling almost every weekend but now my assignment is reaching people where they're at on social media will it change I don't know all I know is I'm just trying to do something with the talents God has given me and that's the goal God, what talents have you given me, and what can I do with what you've given me? So we've been given spiritual gifts. We know 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's nine spiritual gifts: word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healings, miracles, prophecy, discerning spirits, tongues, and interpreting tongues. So right there, it's like there's nine gifts that the Bible says to pursue these spiritual gifts for the work of the ministry. Romans 12 shows gifts: prophecy, serving gifts, teaching gifts exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy. These are gifts God has given us. So there's something that needs to be done. He's given us tools. And oftentimes, please stay with me. We prioritize work, school, family, wife, life, everything else, hobbies, and then God's kingdom is the leftovers. Everybody gets the best of us. God gets the rest of us. If, if you wouldn't want to live off of leftovers, what makes you think God wants to? Like imagine you live your whole life on leftovers. You only get to eat the leftovers at the restaurant. You're only allowed to eat whatever other people don't want. They're full and they leave you a little bit of scraps. Leftovers are just kind of the scraps of whatever the person didn't want. You just kind of have a little bit of leftovers. This is what we give God. We're constantly bringing in a, in a to-go box, got our leftovers and saying, God, why are you tired of my leftovers? God gives us his best and we give, us, we give him our rest. Like whatever's left over, I'm tired. Sunday morning, it's like, oh, we gotta go to church again. Tired and I'm gonna give God half-hearted everything. Kind of like whatever's left from the week. I've been so busy with all my other stuff, I gotta give God. And God's like, I don't want leftovers all the time. I've done so much for you. Like God has put you in management mode. We're managing his kingdom. We need to prioritize that. My parents would always say, you need to get this done by the time we get home. Have you ever been there where your parents would leave and say, this better be done, your room better be cleaned by the time I get home? What did you do? You did the same thing I did. Five minutes before they get home, five minutes before the college exam, five minutes before your projects due, we're running around scrambling to try to get the house clean, scrambling. I got a test in three hours. We wait till the last minute. The problem is, we don't know when God's coming back, okay? We, we're not gonna know that exact time, that exact moment. We're gonna have an idea because Second Thessalonians says, we won't be in the dark about it. So we're gonna see the signs during the tribulation. We'll have an idea. We don't know the exact day, the exact moment that Christ is gonna return. So we can't be procrastinating like God is some homework project. We have to stay working. We have to stay praying. We have to stay ready. We have to keep the fire so we're ready. He's given, friend, he's given us too much to sit around. He's given us too much to do. He's given us too many gifts and too much extraordinary power. And with great power, if you know the saying, type in the chat, comes great responsibility. You have the power to lay hands on the sick. You have the power to cast out demons. The words you speak, words of healing and life and wholeness could bring restoration to marriages and families you can speak in an unknown language you can speak in the spirit to god you've been given these the supernatural knowledge and power god can give you a word of knowledge about someone that no one else knows a word of prophecy we have power to work miracles to break things in the supernatural realm the bind and the loose like we've been given extraordinary power now religious people they they want basically just the doctrine without the power And the Bible says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the very power that can make them like God. We've been given power from the Holy Spirit. He empowers us to do supernatural things. And one of the end time signs is what I just said, form of godliness, but they will deny the power. And Paul says, stay away from those people. So what's important in this parable about judgment day is he gives talents according to ability. This means he cannot give you more than you can handle Because your excuse would have been, I couldn't handle it. It's too much for me. So he says, to take away the room for excuses, I'm only going to give you according to your ability. I'm only going to give you what you can handle. I'm not going to give you anything more. And many times we say, like, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the gift. I don't have the right family. And God says, remember, I gave you the talents. What was it? According to your ability. Each one got according to their ability. So it's not, it wasn't that, oh, God's just going to give them talents and then say, oh, it is what it is. You can figure it out. God says, no, I'm giving you these talents according to what you can handle. So you, So I want to tell you, because this is the conversation on Judgment Day. There will be no excuses. You can handle this. Trying to do a podcast, you can handle this. Maybe you're a street preacher, you can handle this. Maybe you are call to start an orphanage, you can handle this. Maybe you are call to start a church, you can help handle this. How do you know, Isaiah because God gives talents to each of their ability. Like a good architect knows how much weight the structure can hold before he builds the structure. And a good architect is not gonna build something that's more than the calculated weight the foundation is built to hold. So he builds the foundation and, the sh- and all the columns and the beams, and those of you that are architects are like, Isaiah, you're butchering this, but you know what I mean. And then builds everything on top knowing the foundation could hold the weight. And God is the architect of our life He's architect your destiny. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows you can handle it. So I Jeremiah said, Lord, I'm too young. And he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb and set you apart as a prophet to innate to the nations. I already knew you can do it. God, I say this all the time. God, I don't know if I can do it. God, I'm even getting on the live tonight. Like, oh, I'm not feeling well and whatever. I don't know if I could do it, Lord. And I don't, you got to give me strength. And every time I preach, I'm in that place of Lord, I can't do this without you. And God says, Isaiah, I know you can do this. And I'm like, Lord, what what makes you so confident in me? Ask God this. God, what makes you so confident in me? And this is God's response. Because I knew you before I formed you. What? Before I formed you. Before I, I knit you together in your mother's womb. You're like, I don't understand this. That's the point. It's supernatural. Before you were even anything, any, any type of person, God says, I knew who you were. I knew you. I, and for lack of a better term, don't take this out of context. I met with you. We've talked before you were born. And again, don't take that out of context. It's just for the sake of understanding what I'm trying to say. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb and set you apart. Oh, I feel the Holy ghost. You've been set apart for this time. You've been set apart for such a time as this. You're the right person for the job. I'm not the right one, Isaiah. God messed up. I'm not, I can't handle. No, you, you are the right one for the job. Whether that's at your school, at your ministry. is Type one if you th- felt discouraged and burdened, like you can't do what God has called you to do. Type one in the chat. Let me be the first one to do this. Hold on. You got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy, Lord. It's too big. I can't do this. All of these millions of people. That you've called me to reach, Lord. And the thousands on these streams and the thousands. I can't. It's too much. I've said this to the Lord before. Pick, Lord, pick someone else. Pick someone else. Just, God, let me just work in the sound booth. Let me just turn the mic up my, for myself. I don't want to preach. I've said this a thousand times. Lord, just let me be in the back. I, w- I would just love to scrub toilets. I would love to just vacuum in the house of the Lord. I don't want to be on a stage. I'm saying this genuinely. I don't want to have a following. I don't want to have people constantly commenting and thousands of likes. I could care less. I don't want it. And God says, nope, you can do this. Well, God, how do you know? Because I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. How many times have I said, God, I can't handle the pressure? And he says, yes, you can. I will not give you an anointing. I will not give you talents. And I will not give you gifts you can't handle. Get this through your head. You can handle this. You got this. This is your calling. A good trainer... Now, I don't know much about the gym, obviously. I used to. A good trainer doesn't take you to the gym, put 400 pounds on the bar, and say, okay, I want you to bench press this. Here's 400 pounds. Like, bro, have you seen my arms? You're gonna give me a 400 pounds, and you're gonna tell me? A good trainer wouldn't do that. Why? Because he knows you can't handle it. If a good trainer wouldn't do that, what makes you think God would? You, You think that God is putting you on the bench and saying, Here's 400 pounds. Let me see you bench it and waiting for you to fail. No. God says, I got you. I'm going to spot you on this. Like, close your eyes. I'm going to spot you. And it's actually him doing the work. It's actually him carrying the weight. You might be eyes closed thinking you're benching 400 pounds, but the Holy Spirit's saying, no, I'm actually the one lifting the weight for you. You think you're the one doing it, but I'm actually your spotter. The Holy Ghost is your spotter. So I'm trying to encourage you. I know it's a strong message of like Judgment Day, but again I'm helping you prepare for this conversation on Judgment Day this is what Judgment Day will be like this is the the Bible shows us the conversation so now I can be prepared I know God's expectation I know his expectation so you better be careful when you ask for something someone else has because you might not be able to handle what they carry don't ask the Lord I want what Isaiah has I want what this pastor has I want what so-and-so has Cause you don't know the weight that we carry. You don't know the struggle. You don't know how hard it is. And God's built me for this. This is my purpose. Maybe you weren't built for that. You're many, you know, these people I look at, they, they're doing 10 times, a hundred times what I'm doing. You know, some of these pastors, leaders, they have all, and I'm going like, I could never do that. And God's like, I never asked you to do that. I'm not judging you. Oh, this is a good word for someone. I'm helping you. I'm not judging you based on what anyone else is doing I'm judging you based on what you've been given and what you did with what you were given. That's the only thing you're judged on. What did you do with what God gave you? My judgment and your judgment is going to be greatly different because I'm going to be judged on the platform God gave me and you're going to be judged on the platform God gave you. So you're not going to be judged based on Isaiah. God is not going to say, you didn't do as much as Isaiah did. He's going to judge you based on what he's given you. Okay, there's a price to the anointing. There's a price to carrying these talents. A lot of you want to get on stage, but you don't want to handle the price of getting a, of what goes on in, the, in private. You don't want to handle the time and the energy and the effort of prayer and studying and fasting and the word and persecution and, and all the stuff of laying your life down. A lot of us want to drive through anointing. We want a DoorDash anointing. We want a DoorDash preacher. Bring me the word, brother. I don't want to go out and get it. I don't want to spend the time. Just bring it to me make it easy for me but we don't realize there's a price to be paid so Jesus is saying listen there's a price now t- like i said talent cuz some of you like what does this mean what are my gifts talent is a measure of weight it's about 75 pounds of silver so it might not seem like catch this it might not seem like one talent is a lot but this is clear this is a wealthy master this is a master remember the master is Jesus this is a man that has infinite resources that's incredibly wealthy and has everything you need to accomplish the task he's given you he's not a poor master some of you are like God's poor God is not poor God is not weak God is not unable to provide support it's not like he can't support us he we don't have to live less than or below the world God has given us everything we need for godliness even one talent Christians have so much power so much authority and so much ability i don't know maybe i'm a one talent believer i don't know maybe god's only given me one talent maybe there's guys that have five talents we'll never even know about maybe there's guys that i don't know how many talents i have i just know god has given me a weight a responsibility when i was born again january 12 2011 god put a weight on me a responsibility and i'm trying to multiply what god has given me i'm trying to advance his kingdom remember what he says, and excuse me, I know my lips are are so chapped. They're dry as some of your church out here. But remember, he says, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thrown to the sea and it will faith, the size of a mustard seed. So that tells me even a tiny bit, even a little bit of what God has given you is enough to do what God has called you to do. He puts weight on you for a reason maybe you feel burdened so now remember talents equal weight 75 pounds of silver weight responsibility so maybe you have a burden on you i'm burdened for the lost i'm burdened for the broken i'm burdened for the family i'm burdened about abortion i'm burdened about sex trafficking i'm burdened about the lukewarm church i'm burdened about the prayerlessness in the church the lack of passion the lack of fire, the lack of boldness. I have a burden. God has burdened me for something. That's a weight. Don't put that weight off. Use it to do what God has called you to do. Don't ask God, God, take this burden from me. No. Say, God, give me a strategy so that I can use this burden. Maybe your burden to reach high schools. Come on. Maybe your burden to reach junior highs. Maybe your burden to help uh, teen, teen moms who are pregnant. Maybe your burden to reach the people at school maybe you're burdened about another nation god's called you to and i'm like i'm not burdened about that but you are say lord how could i use this burden to advance your kingdom you've given me a burden you've given me my burden guys is lukewarm christians those that are sitting millions in the church they have no relationship with god they've never encountered his spirit they've never encountered his power i'm burdened by that I i was that growing up in the church so i have a burden that's what led me to basically fake atheism was because I didn't see the power of God. And so my burden is waking up the lukewarm church. I personally don't have a burden to reach young people in high schools, for example, or um, junior high, or you know, being a, a kindergarten, a pastor for for young people, kindergartners at church or, or children's ministry, or even like feeding the poor. We've di- we did that for years and our church does that. We give th- tens of thousands of pounds of food to the poor. I personally don't have that burden right now. Or street preaching. Like, why don't you street preach? And I've told you guys before, I could reach millions in my office, and that's where I have a burden for. If I go street preach, maybe I'll reach 100 people, but I don't have a burden for that. Remember, the Bible says, like, if one person's called to do this and another person's called to that, we don't judge each other and say, why aren't you doing what I'm doing? Why aren't you street preaching like I am? And I'm not going to say, why aren't you preaching in front of a camera and reaching millions of people like I am? there's no we don't compare we're different parts of the body you don't look at a homeless ministry and say oh well why aren't you out preaching like i am and they don't say why aren't you doing homeless ministry isaiah we're all different parts of the body we're all different parts of the body that's why paul peter said we got to get people to feed the poor because we have to worry about reading and praying that was the job of the preachers so we have to be careful that we're not putting our weight on someone else we're not putting our talent on someone else We're not making someone else feel bad for not doing what we're doing when this is the call God's given us. Now, of course, we're all called to prayer. We're all called to read the Bible. We're all called to fast. But you have to understand every one of us have a different talent, a different weight. If we all were only called to do this, then who's going to reach people on the street? If we're all only called to do this, who's gonna feed the poor? If we're all only called to do this, who's gonna do the church administration? Who's gonna be local church pastors? Who's gonna be godly businessmen? Where's the godly police officers? Where's the godly nurses? Where's the godly doctors? You see what I'm saying? There's that beautiful diversity in the body of Christ. We're all called to do different things. So talents represent everything God has given you. Everything God has entrusted you with. So remember, judgment day, God is gonna look at what he entrusted you with, and he's going to see what you did with what he entrusted you with. So are my kids part of that? Yes. Is my ability to preach? Yes. Is my job part of that talent? Yes. Is my degree? Yes. Is my house, my car, everything. Whatever God has given you. For me, it's this platform. God gave me this. It's supernatural. People are like, how did you grow this? And how did you reach me? It's God. God. It's God. This is why I get so mad if any other preacher tries to say, oh, I helped Isaiah with this platform or I I gave him a platform. No, you didn't. You did not give me a platform. God supernaturally gave me this platform. 100% supernatural. I can't even take credit for it. It was nothing I did. It was all God. So this YouTube platform, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, whatever is part of the talent, the weight God has given me. And so on judgment day, I'm going to be responsible to this platform. Isaiah, what'd you do with the YouTube channel I gave you? What'd you do with all these followers on t- did you give them the word did you preach the truth did you give them that conviction that repentance so my kids hey isaiah what did you do with your kids did you train them the right way did you pray with them did, they, did you teach them the bible did they see a godly example in your marriage everything i'm just giving you my example i, I don't know what god has given you so i'm going to be responsible for that when i stand before god how did you handle your finances isaiah How did you manage people how did you treat your family how did you manage your kid how did you treat your boss how did you work at the job i blessed you with we're all we're all gonna take account for this so don't live random like we're not gonna take account so important not everyone has the same some of you have five some of you have two some of you have one not everyone has equal some are given more so just thank god for what you have right now just lord thank you for the talent you've given me Thank you for the responsibility. And don't be mad that you only have one. Be glad because it's heavier to carry five than it is to carry one. God knows what you can handle. God knows what you can handle. Don't feel less than. This message should actually do the opposite. Instead of feeling bad about I'm not doing enough, you should be like, oh, I'm hand, I'm handling the, the talents God's given me. If you're a stay-at-home mom and God's given you two or three kids, don't be discouraged thinking, oh, I should be out preaching like Isaiah. I should be out reading the Bible for hours a day. No. God has given you those kids, disciple those kids, raise those kids. Those are your talents. You're not going to be on judgment day and God's not going to say, you didn't reach millions of people. God's going to say, you did did amazing raising your kids. You did great raising your kids in in the ways of me and discipling them. That that was your responsibility. That was your talent. So this is what judgment day is. Are you responsible with what you've been given? Because the more messages I hear... The more things God gives me, the more responsibility, the more understanding, the more knowledge. I'm going to be responsible when the master comes back. And when he comes back, he gives, remember, the reward, the guy with five gets the same reward as the guy with two. And this is what they hear. And this is what you want to hear on judgment day in this conversation. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were ruler over little. Now I'll make you ruler over much. So it's not about results of how much you got. Remember, one guy got five talents. Another guy got two back. It wasn't about results. It was about, type this in the chat, faithfulness. He got his stuff doubled, and then he got his mat, the master's joy. He said, enter into your master's joy. So it doesn't matter how much you have. It matters what you do with what you have. The man with five talents gets the same reward as the man with two. Because again, you might not have the same anointing or stage or ministry god has given me or the time to give god the devotion i'm able to give him but you can't excuse yourself and say well isaiah was a preacher i'm not so i didn't do anything because god gave you something to do and it's not about how much you have it's about what you do with what you have if you work at costco bring change to costco if you work at walmart affect the people at walmart if you work in a hospital or a school or your stay-at-home mom be a godly influence and do something for God in that sphere and the and the reward is joy enter into your master's joy enter into your master's rest that word joyous Kara it's gladness it's calmly happy it's it's a reward based on faithfulness not on results my calling my job is to be faithful with what God has given me so if God tells me to do something I'm going to do it because I'm faithful I'm living a faithful lifestyle that's the results so you got you to you stop comparing yourself to, I don't have as many followers as so-and-so. I do this all the time. I'm always comparing, oh, the numbers. Oh, I don't have as many views. God's like, stop. Stop with all of that. I'm not calling you to do this or to do that or to have all these results. I'm calling you to have faithfulness. Now the last servant, so we know the, the five talent and the two talent. These are three different types of believers. One that has five gets five more. One that has two gets two more. This is the conversations on judgment day. The, the third believer comes back. This is the guy you don't want to be. The third believer is the guy that you don't want to be. And says, Master, I knew you to be a hard man gathering where you didn't plant. So I buried the one talent you gave me in the ground. Here it is. And he's almost like, aren't you proud of me? I buried what you gave me. I didn't do anything what you, what you gave me, but I gave you back what you gave me. It's like, here you go. You gave me the Holy Spirit. You can have it back now that I'm in heaven. You just, you're giving back what God gave you. The master's response is, since you knew me, now the master doesn't say I'm a hard man. He doesn't admit that. He says, you knew me to be a hard man, but you didn't even put the money in the bank and at least give me interest. But instead, what did he do? He buried his talent. This is the, if you only get one thing of this hour long teaching tonight, get this, don't bury your talent. Some of you right now, You have buried what God has given you. You've buried it under shame, under condemnation. You've buried it under laziness. You've buried it under a mound of discouragement. You've buried it under a mound of weariness. You have buried your talent. The thing God's called you to do, the responsibility God has given you, you have buried it. And God says, I'm expecting you to not bury it, but I'm expecting interest. What was the guy's problem Number one, he had a wrong paradigm of God. For one, the servant didn't do anything because he looked at God wrong. He had a wrong perception. He looked at God as this mean, angry guy. Some of you look at God wrong because something happened to you and you think, well, God allowed this. And so now you think of God as someone that's mean or bitter or doesn't look out for you, or it was God's fault that my mom got sick and died. It was God's fault that my daughter died. It was God's fault that my sibling took his his life. It was God's fault that my grandma passed away and God didn't save her. So now because I think God is a hard man and I have a wrong perception on who God is, I just stopped doing the things God has called me to do. But I'm telling you right now, no bad thing comes from God. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. There's a real devil. There's a real darkness. And it's time to stop blaming God. The guy blamed God. God, it's your fault. You're a hard man. You're the reason why I haven't done anything with what you call me to do. It's because of you. And the man's very own words condemned him because the response God gave was, what was the response? Well, you say I'm a hard man. If that's true, which it wasn't, if that's true and you knew me to be a hard man, why wouldn't you at least put the money in the bank and then get some interest for me? If you said I was a hard man, why wouldn't you? So your own words have conde- condemned you on judgment day. Your own words will condemn you. God, I was too busy. And God says, no, you weren't. So we, we have to be careful what we're saying. Cause our own words will testify against us. Another problem this man had was the man was lazy. He would rather sit in front of the TV than, than fulfill the call that God had on his life. This man was lazy and excused himself from doing what God wanted him to do. Self-centered, only thinking about himself. He wanted to play it safe and excuse himself from doing what God called him to do. So you can't be lazy and say, I'm just going to go to church once a week, never lift a finger for God, and then expect a grand entrance into the kingdom. Now, Paul does say you might be saved barely escaping the fires, but I don't I don't want to be, I don't want to be a barely saved Christian. I want to work for God. I want to labor for God. And I want to be a steward of what God has given me. Because on judgment day, I hope you're catching this what is god going to ask me for a return on his investment god's going to say what did you do with what i gave you that is going to be the conversation on judgment day but again the master turns it around and says you knew me to be a hard man because and if i was why wouldn't you just invest the money what happens to the man the man gets thrown into hell Now, notice me like well what about the sinner's prayer and what about guys our job here is not to try to pray a prayer, invite Jesus in our heart, and then survive and live however we want. Our job is to obey the will of the Father. Jesus said, those that obey the will of my Father will inherit the kingdom of God. I don't know where we got off thinking that we can just pray a prayer in seventh grade at band camp, and invite Jesus into our heart, and live however we want. The Bible says, even the demons believe. So this idea that, oh, I prayed a prayer, and like everybody goes to heaven, is new age, universalism that's being taught in the pulpits. Everybody close your eyes, raise your hand. I see those hands. This is not something we see in the Bible. Peter says, you must repent. You got to actually turn from your sin. Prove the by the way that you live, Paul says. So there has to be some evidence in our life. Remember talents mean weight. So he'd rather bury it than to actually use what God has given him. So you need to use the talents that God has given us. You need to use the ability that God has given us. The man ends up in hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I truly don't believe heaven is going to be this place where whoever wants to go can go. You can break every one of God's laws. We've made it so easy. And I, and all I'm saying is this salvation is free. Nobody can earn it. It's the gift of God. I don't see an easy gospel in the new Testament. I don't see Jesus walking up to people. Let's use the rich young ruler, for example, and saying, Hey, will you do me a quick favor? Will you pray a quick prayer and invite me into your heart and live however you want? I don't see that happening. I don't see the disciples saying, all you have to do is just pray this prayer and there's nothing else. Just live however you want. Now, of course, being saved is not about what we've done. It's about what Christ has done. And it's free. 1,000% unequivocally. Salvation is free. We can't earn it. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. The thing I'm saying is, I don't think you've truly been saved if there's no evidence of your salvation. That's why James says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is not saving faith. He says, how could you be saved if you claim to have faith, but you have no works? That's faith is not saving faith. So you have to be careful with this whole, Jesus in my heart, Jesus, you know, little teddy bear, care bear, American, false Jesus that says, live however you want. You've been given talents. You've been given abilities. Don't be the lazy servant. Jesus is coming back. Okay. And although the master would come back to collect the talents, they still have to do something with the talents. So we don't want to sit around saying, well, I'm just going to wait until he comes back. We want to make sure we're using. So, so ask yourself this tonight, where did you dig your talent? I'm sorry, should I say it this way? Where did you bury your talent? Tonight, the Lord is saying, dig up your talent. Dig it up wherever you buried it, wherever you hid your gift, wherever you hid your responsibility, wherever you got loose with the gospel and you're not taking that serious, it's time for you to dig it up and to start doing what God has called you to do. And again, I know some of you don't like this message, but I'd rather hear this now than on judgment day. This is the simplest way I can give you tonight. Our life is a loan from God, and when we get to heaven, we will return to him the loan he's given us with interest. Let me say that again. Our life is a loan from God, and when we get to heaven, we will return to him the loan, but he expects interest. He's looking for interest on his investment. So ask yourself this, what servant are you? The five, the two, or the one? Am I the guy that had a lot and did a lot? had a little bit and did and did a little bit or i'm the guy that had a little bit and did nothing with what god gave me because there will be a judgment day there's the judgment seat of christ which is not when you die and go to heaven or hell it's your judgment based on works some believe this will happen during the tribulation some believe this will happen at the end no one truly knows when but there will be a time where we're judged on our works go watch my video from month a month ago on judgment day i talked about all the rewards that you can get on Judgment Day. So the judgment seat of Christ will be a judgment on rewards. This will be a separate judgment. This will not be a judgment of whether we're saved or not. That's what happens. The moment we die, we either go to heaven or hell, but there will be a judgment on works at some time. We don't know exactly when Where God will judge us on our works. And then there's the great white throne judgment at the end of the millennium, the thousand year reign, the dead will come back to life for the great white throne judgment. That's revelation chapter 20, verse five. Okay? The dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. And this is the first resurrection. And then there's going to be basically, the Bible says death and Hades will deliver up the dead who are in them and they will be judged each according to his works. That's Revelation 20, 11. So the judgment seat of Christ is for believers, not unbelievers. The great white throne judgment is when everybody in the current hell and death give up their dead. They get judged after the thousand year reign. And the devil, the false prophet, the beast, and every unbeliever whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life will be thrown in the lake of fire for all of eternity. Okay, so there's a judgment on works for the believer and then the white throne judgment where they're thrown in the lake of fire for all of eternity. And then eternity begins. Then the new Jerusalem, there'll be a new heaven, the Bible says in Revelation 21, and a new earth where the new Jerusalem will come and we will live in eternity for that. That is when eternity will truly, truly begin. The old heaven and the old hell will have passed away there'll be a new heaven and a new hell. So the question has to be, where am I going? Where am I going? There's only two options. Well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your master's rest or depart from me. I never knew you. Those are the only two things. What am I talking about? I'm talking about judgment. There's a judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and there is a great white throne judgment at the end of revelation one is a judgment on works and one is a judgment for those that are in hell getting thrown into lake of fire i have i have videos on this long videos but we're an hour in and i want to pray for you guys so i want you guys to understand there's a real judgment day coming and you're going to be responsible to god chat stay focused here stay focused here you're going to be responsible before god on what you did with what you've been given are you the five talent the two talent, or are you the one talent that buried what God gave you? Father, we ask you tonight, Lord, that we would do what you've called us to do. Father, we pray that you would break laziness off of us, that those of us who have buried our talents, those of us have done nothing with what you've given us, nothing with what you've called us to do. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to break out of laziness. And guys, I'm going to answer all your questions after, because some of you seem confused. That is not Mormon doctrine. That's literally in the book of Revelation, the white throne judgment. I can quote it for you right after we pray. I'll answer all your questions because some of you are confused on the white throne judgment. So works matter, yes. Yes, works matter. Works do not gain you salvation, but the Bible says we are judged based on our works. And I'll show you this after when we talk. I don't know what the confusion is. There's a great white throne judgment at the end of Revelation. That's not Mormon doctrine. Mormons don't teach a white throne judgment. And there's the judgment seat of Christ, which is where we're judged on works. Father, I pray, Lord, help us to not be lazy, help us to not bury our talents, help us to not be carnal, lukewarm Christians, but I pray tonight, God, that we would be sober. I pray, God, we would be those believers that walk in your spirit, that do everything you've called us to do. Father, I pray, let us not be like this wicked and lazy servant. The Bible calls him a wicked and lazy servant. Father, I pray that we would not be the wicked and the lazy servant but we would be the servant that has the five talents that God does what you've called us to do. Lord, we'd be like the servant with two talents that does what they're called to do and enters into their master's rest. I pray not one person in this chat would hear depart from me, I never knew you, but every one of us would do what you've called us to do and hear well done, good and faithful servant. Guys, there's only two things we're gonna hear on judgment day, either well done, good and faithful servant or enter into your master's rest. And I wanna be the one that hears well done, good and faithful servant. Whatever is in your way for f- from fulfilling the call that God has on your life, get rid of it tonight. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've been given. I don't know the talents that God has given you. But choose today that I'm going to be responsible with my family, with my marriage, with my kids, with my ministry. God, I want to be responsible with what you've called me to do. Lord, I don't want to be one of those lazy Christians. I don't want to be one of those lukewarm Christians. I don't want to be one of those Christians that doesn't fulfill the call that you've given me. God, I want, I want to be one of those Christians that's radical, that's sold out, that's bold for you. And whatever hindrance is in your way, I just pray tonight it would be removed in Jesus' name. I just pray you'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit and power. The anointing of God would come upon you. And whatever has been stopping you, whatever has been hindering you, I pray that that hindrance would be removed in Jesus' name. That hindrance would be removed in Jesus' name. God, remove the distractions. Some of you, listen, it's just Distraction. It's hours on TikTok, hours on Instagram, hours on YouTube, hours on Facebook, and you're distracted from what God's called you to do. Remove the distraction. Remove the idols. Remove the compromise. I know some people are mad in the chat. It's all good. Be mad that God called you to remove your idols. If you like soft, lukewarm Christianity, go somewhere else. There's thousands of channels that will tell you, works don't matter, just invite Gummy Bear Jesus, American Jesus in your heart, live however you want, you can still smoke and drink, and p- go listen to that, but I'm here to preach the word of God, I'm here to tell you, choose a side, I'm here to tell you, don't bury your talent, this is real stuff, I'm not going to have no one on my watch be deceived With a false American gospel Paul calls another gospel and another spirit. No. I want to live this thing out. I want the biblical Christianity from Matthew, Martin, Luke, and John. I'm not interested in what some YouTuber has to say about, oh, brother, you can live however you want. Don't preach people have to repent. Don't preach people have to get baptized. Don't preach people have to be radical. I don't know what to tell you. Here, we're preaching the word of God. I literally quoted word for word, taught scripture, word for word, went over the whole text with you guys tonight. Don't be the lazy servant. Don't be the lukewarm servant. Don't be the one that buries their talent. So I would rather be mad right now and go, "Ooh, I need to change than be on judgment day and go, oh, I wish somebody would have told me that this was going to happen. God shows us a conversation on judgment day. Literally God shows us what the conversation will be so that we're not shocked by it, so that we're not shocked by it. So we know, okay, I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly what the expectation is. The expectation is that I got to do something with what God has given me. Someone said once saved, always saved is a lie. Amen. Amen. It's a lie. It's a lie convincing people that, that think they're saved, that aren't saved, that they are saved. There's a lot of people that think they're saved when according to scripture, if you test them with the word, they're not truly saved. They have not been born again. They're not true biblical Christians. So. I would rather someone tell me the truth than to lie to me and say, keep living however you want to live because sin won't send you to hell. That's a lie from the very pit of hell. Sin is to break the laws of God, to miss the mark. Father, bring holy conviction over us. Bring holy conviction over us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, the conviction of God, the boldness, 100% all in, radical for you, no compromise, no lukewarmness, going hard. Lord, anoint us tonight. Bless us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I hope this was a blessing to you tonight, guys. I have a few announcements to go over. If you want to donate to the ministry, to this word, I'll stay on for a good while answering questions. Some of you were very confused when I started talking about the great white throne judgment. I'm not sure where the confusion was, but I'll clear up any confusion that you have. I'll show you this in scripture where the white throne judgment is. I'll read it word for word. If you're confused about, wait, what? There's another judgment? Yes, there's a white throne judgment at the end of the thousand year reign. Um, If you want to donate you can I will be reading the Venmo and the PayPal that's linked in the in the comments You can also give on the website I want to say any new people here or those that aren't partners pray about partnering with us All of our content is free before you start crying and saying I can't believe he's asking us to give number one Is you don't have to give okay? This is all free you stay tonight for an hour and we go live longer We go live seven eight hours a week We have 1600 videos all for free if you can't give then don't give if you're gonna be mad about it Don't give okay it's all free. Our ministry is supported by our viewers. We don't charge for anything. It is all free. The only way we survive, and we keep doing this, we have someone that full-time edits, thumbnails, flyers. We have someone that runs the deliverance map. All the stuff we're doing. The only way we survive is by people partnering. So pray about monthly partnering. As Jess said, don't dine in dash. If you had a good meal tonight, you say, that was a word for me, then sow into the word. It's simple. Sow into it if you believe that it was a word for you, Okay. Thank you, Blanca Rodriguez, uh, Blanca Rodriguez, and Warren and Donna said really good teaching. I never heard it explained this way. Great revelation. Thank you, Warren and Donna. Yes, for those of you that are wondering what text we did tonight, it was Matthew 25, 14. Literally the conversation you're going to have on Judgment Day. If you haven't read this, go read the parable of the talents, rewatch the video, and you'll catch up with everything that we talked about tonight, okay? Talents are a measure of weight. It's a responsibility. It's something God has given you. The best way to describe it is God has given you something. Everyone's been given talents. And I don't mean talents the way the world says you're talented. I mean, God has given you a responsibility, a weight. He's given you something to be responsible of. Whether that's your family, your job, your giftings, your literal talents, your ministry. So like my talents would be my ability that God's given me to preach. This platform would be my talents, okay? God's given me this platform. My wife, my kids, God's given me kids, that's a responsibility. That's a weight. That's a, a talent. I'm, I I got to do something with what God has given me. So that's a talent. Everyone's been given something. All right. So there you guys go. You guys can donate. If you have questions, ask me your questions. If you're confused, uh, before you say false teacher, uh, tell me why you're confused and I'll, I'll help you out. I'll answer whatever I need to help you with. Can you celebrate Halloween without compromise? I personally don't believe you can celebrate Halloween in good faith because it is a uh a, 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 it is a holiday that promotes darkness, gore, horror, death, lust, and a whole bunch of other things that are anti- um, literally antithetical to the cross. So yeah, I personally wouldn't celebrate it. Isaiah, are you sick of me yet? Of course not, Trinity. Can talents be spiritual gifts? Yes, Karen, they can be. Talents could be your ministry. It could be what God, the ministry God's given you. How do you know you're saved? Because there's evidence in my life. I have put my faith in Jesus and my life has been changed and there's evidence to show that I've done that. So I look at the evidence in my life and go, oh yeah, I have a changed life, a changed heart, a changed mind. I've been born again and renewed. Will you ever grow your hair out? Oh, not anytime soon. I got to put on chapstick guys. My lips are so chopped. I don't like putting on chapstick and stream because it makes my lips a little shiny. all right how do I gain boldness ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you remember Peter got his boldness from the Holy Spirit again guys if this word blessed you pray about giving I'm not going to harp on it you can give monthly pray about sewing monthly you can scan the QR code all the links to give are there I keep saying I'm going to make cash app. I keep forgetting I need to make a cash app it just I haven't done it I'm sorry Harvey's arm is good my daughter broke her elbow last week and she's doing good thank you for asking how did you change I put my faith in the cross and gave God everything, and then the Holy Spirit filled me and changed my life. How do I know my talent? Pray, ask the Lord, read your Word. He'll He'll reveal it to you in His Word. I can't tell you what your talent is because there's 2,400 people on here, and you all have different talents, and you've all been given different gifts. So this is something you need to go to God. You need to search His Word, and God will show you. Thank you so much, Melanie Edwards. Thank you, Lori. And I will read the Venmo here in a few minutes. How do I get rid of laziness, Uh, fasting, prayer, and discipline? Just do it when you don't feel like doing it. The best way to break laziness is to do it when you don't feel like it. That could be anything. That could be witnessing. That could be prayer. That could be ministry. Whatever it is. Don't wait till you feel it. Just do it. Why doesn't God radically encounter everyone? God meets people in their own way. Everybody has a different experience with God. I don't know why God doesn't radically encounter everybody but I just know that God meets with every person in their own way. And in the Bible, we see every person having their own experiences, their own encounters. Some had dramatic encounters. Some God just said, follow me. And they did Is deathbed conversion valid. Yes. I do believe you can call on God on your deathbed, but I wouldn't bank on it. Cause not everyone gets a deathbed. Uh, Gemini, if you want to increase your monthly partner, there is a link to edit your plan. I'll post that right now. And you can edit and change the amount you can cancel. You can adjust it. I'll post that right here. Here you go. Gemini. That's the link to change your monthly partnership. Okay, very important announcement as you guys are giving. Thank you guys for giving because it literally keeps us going. We do these streams and without your guys giving, we couldn't keep doing this. That's the bottom line. I'd have to be charging for like e-courses and I'm glad that we're able to do this free because you guys partner with us. And so, very, very important. Tomorrow at noon, we'll be live with Angela Ucci for the Halloween Exposed podcast. Tomorrow at noon. This is an early podcast. We've never done a noon podcast on Tuesday. So, please make sure you're here tomorrow at what time? Type it in the chat. Noon noon pacific time november 13th the domino revival is back in theaters due to popular demand the domino revival is back in theaters if you missed it the first time excuse me you missed it you need to go see it it's an amazing movie that you don't want to miss that's going to be november 13th and then very important for our texas date i will be in texas november 18th it was supposed to be greenville there's been a venue change very important venue change we are no longer going to be in Greenville. We're going to be in Irving, Texas. So I, I just updated it on my website. Go to isaiasaliver.com slash schedule and you can find the new venue. It's the Pavilion at the Toyota Music Factory, 300 West Los Colinas Boulevard, Irving, Texas. So if you plan to go to the Texas event, you need to go to my website and get the new address. Go get the new address. It's right by Dallas. Uh, I'm telling you, I probably won't be in Texas for another six months to a year. So trust me. Come out to this event. It's going to be amazing. The Domino revival was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Is Purgatory real? No. The channel is monetized, but I turn off all the monetization for the lives. So that's why you don't see any ads whenever we're live. How much is the cost? The event is free. The event is free. Go to Isaiasalivar.com slash schedule. November 18th, we will be in Texas. Um, Don't miss that. And then also remember November... 13th Domino Revival back in theaters. The links to buy tickets are down below. It was absolutely phenomenal. The premiere, the first night it played, I can't even describe to you how powerful it was. Okay, so those are the dates I have for you. Texas is going to be November 18th. We have 8,000 seats now. The venue we had was 20,000 seats, but there was some code that some stuff that wasn't up to code. And so we got a different venue, which it'll be good. Raid Soul, thank you so much. The good word, love you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Oh, yes, and very cool announcement. We have Jideon on the podcast next week. So tomorrow we have Angela Uchi. We're going to be talking about Halloween and why we believe Christians should or should not be celebrating it. And then the week after, we have Jideon, which I just did a video on him on the podcast. So in two weeks, Jideon will be sharing his story on the podcast and answering your questions. Tonight we are drinking peach water. There you go. Even though I'm not sponsored by Hint you're asking what flavor it's peach tomorrow's noon no purgatory is not biblical I'm trying to read all the comments I can when you die right now my church is in Stockton California it's called life song it's called life song in Stockton California the Zell is Isaiah Luke Saldivar at Yahoo that's the Zelle account. You have to just type that in. It's right there on the screen. Thank you for giving there. Let me read the Venmo. Let me read the Venmo. Uh, I don't read the website ones until after stream. I only could read the PayPal, which is linked in the comments. That specific PayPal link or the Venmo. I don't have access immediately to the other ones. So, yeah. When I'm going to be preaching at my church again? Uh, Probably the next month or two. I want to do like a mass deliverance and healing the next time I'm at Life Song preaching there, but I'm there every Sunday when I'm not traveling. All right, let's see if we have any Venmo tonight. Again, if the word blessed you, you guys got a word on Friday too. I preached to you on Friday and on Monday. So you guys got two words in the last few days. Mate, Lorenzo, thank you so much on Venmo. Uh, Keenan, thank you so much on Venmo. Tyrone Munez, thank you on Venmo. Ruby Martinez, thank you so much. Andrew Stilling, thank you. Tara Jenkins. Thank you. Tyler Lorenz. Thank you. Roxanne Purcell. Thank you so much. Samuel Avila. Thank you. Raquel Rodriguez. Thank you. Elijah Spencer. Thank you. Sierra Woe. Thank you. Lauren Miller. Thank you. Ashley Milliken. Thank you. Francis. Thank you so much. Matthew Pena. Thank you. Kimberly Buckner. Thank you. Those are all the Venmo. Let me see if I missed any Venmo. Thank you guys so much for giving to the ministry. Let me refresh this. If it refreshes. I'll read all these after off stream too okay I think that's all of them on Venmo thank you thank you thank you okay what questions some of you were confused at the end like is this Mormon doctrine when well, I was talking about the White Throne Judgment so what are you confused about um when it came to the White Throne Judgment because I looked at the the Venmo is at Isaiah Saldivar I'll type it in the chat for you it's just at Isaiah Saldivar and if asked for my phone number just put give without phone number Yes, Irving, Texas. You don't want to miss that. All right. What were you guys confused about at the end? Maybe I shouldn't have done the White Throne and the Judgment Seat of Christ. That's another teaching, but I have other videos on both of those. The Venmo name is at Isaiah Saldivar, Fred. I can show you my Venmo. Uh, This is my Venmo. Let me just make sure I don't leak anything. That's my Venmo. At Isaiah Saldivar. uh did I say Hamas is in the Bible yes the word Hamas is in the Bible not the terrorist group the word Hamas is a Hebrew word for violence cruelty and injustice and I have a whole video on that you can go watch on the channel okay so whether Christ- Christians will participate in the white throne judgment or not is a big debate um most people believe that the white throne judgment is for the unbelievers and the judgment seat of Christ is a judgment on rewards for the believers. And you can look this up. It's a highly debated. I'm kind of mixed on it. I I believe the white throne judgment is for the unbelievers. But I'll read it to you. Revelation 20 verse 11. This was confusing, guys. Let me read it word for word. Actually, let's just do this. Give me a second. Oh, let's see. Where am I trying to go? Revelation 20. I'll put it on screen for you guys. Okay. So... Here's the white throne judgment. Where'd my Bible app go? Okay, Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and he, him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. So who's there? The dead, small and great standing before God and books were open. So, he, so we see the dead there, okay? At the white throne judgment. This is why a lot of people think Christians aren't there. Again, the judgment seat of Christ is a judgment based on works. This is a judgment for those to be thrown in the lake of fire, which is the permanent version of hell. Small, great, standing before God, and the books were open. And guys, this is not unorthodox. For those who are like this is a weird belief. This is orthodox, what people what people believe and teach in the church. Another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And then look at this. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. So for those teachers that say, no one's in hell right now. Everyone's soul sleeping. And then like one day, everyone's going to go to hell. That's not biblical because people are already in Hades. Cause look what it says, death and Hades delivered up the dead who are in them. So people are in death and Hades and then death and Hades deliver up those that are in them. So the idea again, that there's no one in hell right now is a false doctrine. That's being taught in a lot of churches and a lot of Christian leaders. It's bizarre to me. When you die, you immediately go to heaven or hell. The judgment seat of Christ is a separate judgment for works. I'm trying to keep it simple and not complicate it. The white throne judgment is a judgment after the thousand year reign before eternity begins. Okay, so death and Hades delivered the dead who were in them. If no one was in hell, then death and Hades would have no one to deliver, but deliver the dead who are in them, and they were judged according to his works. Then death and Hades, look at this, were cast in the lake of fire. So the current hell, hell right now, Hades, will be cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. We know, of course, what is it? Revelation twenty ten. Look at this. Now, when the thousand years have expired, and I, I have to keep saying this, but I have videos on all of this, but I'm just giving you guys a quick breakdown for those that are confused in the chat. Now, when the thousand-year reign has expired, Satan will be released from his prison. We'll go out and deceive the nations, the four corners of the earth. I have a whole video on this, Gog and Magog. To them, you'll gather together to battle whose number is the sand of the sea. If you want to find my videos on this, just type in the words, Satan released, thousand-year reign, Isaiah Saldivar. Go to my channel. You'll find it. Go to my channel search, and all of this is there. Verse 9. Okay, no, that's not it. Verse 10, Revelation twenty ten. The devil who deceived them was cast in a lake of fire of Brim... And brimstone where he where the beast the false prophet are and they'll be tormented day and night forever and ever so who's gonna get cast in the lake of fire the devil the beast and the false prophet Is the Antichrist the false prophet and the devil three different three different persons are cast in the lake of fire then after that that's after the thousand-year reign then death and Hades give up their dead the Great White Throne Judgment People are judged. It says the dead. So a lot of people think believers won't be there, but it's still debated. Nobody knows 100% like definitively how that's all going to work. So be careful when I'm teaching these things not to go, oh, that's false. Uh, Guys, I'm literally just reading the text. A lot of this stuff, nobody knows 100% on when it's the timing of it. We know it's going to happen because the Bible says, but the Bible doesn't give an exact timing of like when the uh, judgment seat of Christ will be. Thank you, Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous, for donating and also guys, pray about becoming a monthly partner on the website or on the YouTube. That'll help us out tremendously. If you do a video on after death movie? I haven't seen the movie, but maybe I will. I already got my hotel near Greenville. I'm so sorry, um, Kayla. I think it's only, let me see how far it is. I know it's unfortunate. Basically, okay, so the venue that we had, the city came in and said it needs some renovations to get the permit to have 20,000 people. And it was gonna take too long to do the renovations. So like we had no choice but to move it. So, uh, you can usually cancel your hotel within 20, uh, if you have a 24-hour notice. So, you should be able to get a refund at your hotel, no problem. I'll tell you how far they are from each other. Oops, wrong place. Here we go. They're about an hour away. So, Greenville and Irving are an hour away... And uh, Irving and Dallas are like 15 minutes away. So we're almost in the heart of Dallas. We're almost in the heart of Dallas. So it's a great, it's a great location for those of you flying in from Dallas. And this is going to be a big event. We have 8,000 seats, mass deliverance. Me, Alexander Pagani, Bible Davis, and Greg Locke, and Malachi O'Brien. That's gonna be there. And guys, I'm I'm sorry to say, I know a lot of you keep asking in the chat, are you gonna when are you gonna be here? When are you gonna be here? I just can't answer every single comment of where when are you gonna be in this part of Florida? When are you gonna be? I only give you the dates I have. Right now I have January San Bernardino, which I'll post that soon. February, Antioch, California, and November I have Texas. I don't have any other dates but that. So I, I know as much as you know. So I can't tell you when I'll be where you guys keep asking. I get all these comments of, when will you be in this city? And I'll, I'll be here all night just answering cities. Where's Carl? He's here. Okay. Is it okay to do small works and build your way to bigger works? Absolutely. You might be only called to do small works. That's not bad. That's what God's given you. Your judgment is based on... What you've done with what God gave you. I try to be simple, guys, in my teachings. I'm trying not to overcomplicate it. So one of my goals is to simplify some of these parables and some of these scriptures to make the average person be able to understand without trying to, like, get so deep that you go to sleep or so deep you need scuba gear or so deep that you drown. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, My thoughts on Christmas. I'll do a video on it we celebrate, I've said this before, Christmas as the birth of Christ. We already know it's not the day exact Jesus was born, but we celebrate it as the day Jesus was born and, uh, his birth, like most of the, most of the, um, world do. But yeah, we celebrate it like that. So I don't have a lot on Christmas. I know some of you are like, well, how could you celebrate Christmas as Jesus's birth, but you don't celebrate Halloween. There's a massive difference. Christmas, is a celebration of the birth of jesus halloween is all about death destruction horror gore lust and everything else evil so one holiday glorifies darkness and evil another holiday celebrates the birth of jesus so i hope you see the difference there as far as going into the tree and the presence and lights what do you think of all of that that could be for another video but that's just my overall thoughts on it Isaiah's it's dylan man from uh ky let's see Remember, Isaiah, watch your videos in prison. I got married yesterday. Would love to show you. I can submit. Awesome, Dylan. Congratulations on getting married. Um, Praise the Lord, brother. I'm glad you watched my videos in prison. That's so awesome. What do you think about Jehovah's Witness? Jehovah's Witness is is a cult.